1: is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am Matt Frelick. Alongside me this afternoon is Gage Bridgeford. We're excited to get... Into another podcast with you guys. Uh, It's been a hell of a training camp and extremely entertaining last week, Um, a lot of which has been somewhat off the field, more of the personalities coming in, being signed, Aaron Rodgers, Gudekunst with their press conferences. But we want to get into a little bit and talk about what the second week of training camp could look like. Um, Gage, first week of training camp under our belts. I feel like personally, the reason behind this podcast is like there was a lot of drama going on, and it's going to be nice, at least next week, once the dust has settled, to kind of get into the actual X's and O's, where players are, you know, falling in the depth chart and how they're going to be performing.
2: I agree. I agree. And you said that there was a lot of personalities and drama and stuff off the field. Well, for the, I mean, for the first time in July. Well, actually, it'll be it'll be August when everyone's hearing this. And yep, Good call. it's been like three three months now where everyone's like, oh, Rodgers is gone. We don't have a quarterback anymore. Yada, yada. For the first time now, we actually had an answer to how all of that saga was going to play out. Yes, obviously, there's still the stuff in six months. Rodgers could be gone anyway, but who cares? That's six months from now. But now we finally had Rodgers back. Everybody can answer questions and we can move on. And I do agree. I think next week will be the first week when it actually feels like training camp again. This week felt more like you were coming back from summer vacation in high school. Like. Yeah, everybody had to see each other. What vacations did you take? What did you do? How are the, how is the family, et cetera, et cetera. And then next week's like, all right, let's go ahead and get down to business. Let's get into chapter one and really get things going. And I'm excited to see it because this Packers roster, there's a lot of really good rosters in football. And Green Bay is definitely is absolutely top five. And I think that there's just there's so much depth all over the place. And I love seeing that. I've always been a big fan of rosters that have depth over just Ubers of star talents why I'm not a huge fan of the like the Rams roster. The Rams roster has some superstars on it, but yep. there's no depth. This Green Bay roster may not have the super duper stars of like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, whatever. But there are just studs everywhere. There's guys that are going to be bench players that would start for the majority of teams. Like Dennis Kelly is the is my favorite example. Obviously, he trolled everybody this week by coming out with the David Bakhtiari jersey, and he's got the long hair. I don't know if, even know if he's going to start for this team. Like he'll start maybe if Bakhtiari not ready for week one. But otherwise, like Billy Turner's probably getting the right tackle spot. Like, maybe Dennis Kelly kicks over and starts a right tackle and Billy Turner starts a right guard. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But that's just—this roster is so damn good when I'm looking at the depth chart right now.
1: And that's what we're going to get into. Like, this is—like Gage said, like, great example. Like, this was syllabus week. This is making sure you got your your folder, your notebook, the syllabus— uh, you got your books purchased, and now next week we're really going to get into the chapter. We're going to go dive into the lectures and stuff, and it's great that you know a new kid transferring from a different school. Uh, Dennis Kelly's already hitting it off with uh, you know one of the veterans and David Bakter, and they're having fun day one. That was awesome to see. But so let's transition a little bit here, Gage. Um, we're just going to look towards next week. There's four practices. We got what is it? Monday, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday's family night uh, at 7.30. That great, yes. that, that'll that be awesome to watch. I'm excited for that because I want to see all the talent on the field, the young guys, and there's a lot of young talent on this team that w- there's unknowns. You talked about the linemen. Uh, after Dennis Kelly was signed earlier this week, there's now 17 offensive linemen on the roster from my count. That's that's a lot. Like That is a ton, and it's great to have depth of that position. The Packers have... Over the last few years, definitely put a lot of a weight into that, and really, really, I think just valued someone that can be as versatile as a Dennis Kelly or as versatile as a Elton Jenkins or Billy Turner, et cetera, et cetera. All these guys on the roster, within uh, you know, left tackle through right tackle, they can play multiple positions, and I think that just gives them more uh, versatility for the Packers. They're able to kind of plug and play guys when necessary, and I I just love the fact now that like. David Bakhtiari doesn't have to be rushed back off the pup list. Like, they're going to be able to figure it out. Whether it was Elton Jenkins playing left tackle, I thought that was an okay solution. But realistically, I felt like it was more important for him to be inside inside the uh, the guard center guard situation. Just with the new, you know, you don't have Corey Lindsay there. You're not really sure who's going to be other guards. I think it was important to have that. Um, and number two, like, it does give some options now if Billy Turner's not working out. I think Billy Turner had a good year last year based off of uh, – PFF and some other statistics. He graded statistics. well. He graded, he graded really well. well. Just personally, I'm just not a huge Billy Turner fan. Um, but I think he gets the job done and he, he's solid. Uh, maybe it's contractual that I'm not a huge fan based off of what he was getting paid. But all in all, good problem to have. you got to whittle that down from 17.
2: Yeah, and I'm we, sitting here and I look at it and I'm like, this is a good problem to have. And if everybody's like, oh, it's too many offensive linemen, do me a favor and go back and watch the Super Bowl between the Bucks and the Chiefs. And then just just watch it, watch all four quarters, watch Patrick Mahomes get the cardio workout of his life, and then come back and tell me again that you can have too many offensive linemen. Because no, you cannot. Too many offensive linemen is never a bad thing. It is always a good thing. Unless, here's the exception, unless you have just too many bad offensive linemen. If you just have too many linemen and none of them are good, yeah, that's a problem. But. Green Bay has a bunch of good players. You have obviously David Bakhtiari, who's the best tackle in football, full stop. You have Eldon Jenkins, who might be the most versatile offensive lineman in the game. The guy can literally play at a Pro Bowl level at all five spots. That that doesn't happen. There's there that is not a thing that guys do. People can generally play like between guard through center through and the other guard spot, maybe. You can have swing tackles, but you don't have guys that can play left tackle all the way to right tackle. You have Royce Newman, who is a fourth-round pick this year, and I like the player that I've seen. I saw like the college film, and I think that he's a guy that can develop and be, if not a starter for Green Bay, he can be a priority backup. You have Josh Myers, who is a rookie and is already getting first-team center reps. You have Billy Turner, who, you're right, Billy Turner, maybe the level of play doesn't match the payday, but he's a quality starting offensive lineman that can play right guard and right tackle for you, and in a pinch can kick over to left tackle. That's That's a good thing to have. It's not like Billy Turner's out there giving you Byron Bell. It's not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. not a bad thing to have. You have yep. a guy that is going out there and can put out starting level play for you. So the fact that, that that's just, and that's just the top guys that I mentioned. I didn't look at John Runyon, or Cole Van Lanen, who everybody loves. You have no- Yosh Nijman, who we still don't really know what that guy is at this point, just because he's dealt with so many injuries. There's, there's a lot of depth here. And you're right, 17, you're going to have to whittle it down quite a bit, but I think that the Packers' offensive line is going to be one of those groups where guys that get cut are going to get picked up very quickly by other teams who don't have near the depth that Green Bay does.
1: Yeah, and obviously they're not keeping all 17. Like it doesn't take someone that records a, you know, a podcast every week to tell you that. But at the end of the day, there's going to be some guys that end up on the practice squad, some guys that make it on the roster. Um, but I like the balance that they have. They have veterans that have either been in new places and are now in Green Bay, they have guys that they've put in draft equity for that they really, really like. Um, so I like the balance that they have here. And like, it should be an interesting rest of the off season to see where um, these guys will be playing for week one. So let's say on the offense side of the ball here, Gage, we were talking before we were recording probably most in depth about the receiver position. We were kind of comparing and contrasting it to last off season where we had, you know, Devin Funches who showed up, Reggie Begleton, who emerged, Um, Jake Kumaru, who obviously wasn't able to make the roster, but we're kind of in that same situation this year. We it looked like it was going to be kind of an easier path to whittling down that 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 spot from uh, seven, six, five receivers, but then all of a sudden they draft Amari Rogers in the third round, they bring back Randall Cobb, and you know, Devin Funches is back, Juwan Winfrey, good special teams dude, is in now, and now it's even muddier. And based off of everything that everyone that's smarter than me, it seems like. That sixth spot is really where they're going to end up at, possibly even five, depending on the tight end position. But right now, with uh, Deguara going on the pup, we saw Dominic Daphne on the pup, it's almost like maybe they add that sixth spot for sure to solidify the receivers. But the real issue is, Gage, is some of these guys that are going to make the team at receiver aren't special teamers, i.e. Equinemia St. Brown, i.e. Devin Funches. What the hell do you do if you're the Packers, and how do you figure it out at this point? Where, who do, who needs to stay, who has to stay because they're a special teamer, and who's staying because they have talent?
2: Well, okay, so let's break it down real quick. Devontae, lock. Cobb, lock. Amari Rodgers, lock. Those are, those are the three players that I feel more confident about them making the roster than any other player at wide receiver. That's not a knock on Lazard or MBS or anybody else. That's just – Cobb just got traded for. You're not cutting him unless he – Just blows out his knee and retires. Whatever. Right, right. Amari Rogers, you just drafted him in the third round, rookie. You're not cutting him. Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in football. You're not cutting him. Pay the man. Now, you come up next. Lazard is the guy that I feel the next most confident about because he has good chemistry with Rogers and he's shown that for a couple of years now. And we know how much that matters to to twelve. We we know. We've seen it when you have chemistry with Rogers, that's going to work out in your favor. Mm -hmm. Next. So now we're at four we're at four. Yep. We either have one or two, maybe three, depending on how deep you want to get, but let's go at minimum one. MBS is the guy I feel the next most confident about because MBS led the league last year in yards per reception when he's on the field. And is if he can, when he get, has his focus in and doesn't have one of those focus drops, he, he is a threat to score for at any time. And it, and people are like, Oh, he can only run go routes. Guess what? We saw the play against the Raiders where he caught the little drag route and then boat raced everybody on the entire defense 75 yards MBS is in yep. so but none of the, like none of those guys really play special teams i Rodgers right. Rogers is going to be special teams as a returner Randall Cobb is a spot returner I, I think the only way we see Randall Cobb on special teams this year is if we're like hey we need a punt we need a guy to go back catch a punt and just fair catch it you don't yeah. have to you don't have to return it just go catch it Cobb's in so I think Cobb will be probably listed second on the punt return team if I'm being honest here sure. now no, those guys play special teams, though. You got EQ, Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, Chris Baer, Reggie Bagleton, Devin Funches, Bailey Gaither, DeAndre Tompkins. Funches and EQ don't play special teams, never have. Like I think EQ could, but he, you're not going to put him there because that's not what no. he does best. No. So those guys are probably out unless you're keeping seven wideouts. So let's say you're keeping six. Now you got Malik Taylor and Reggie Bagleton, Jawan Winfrey, Chris Blair, and some other guys. I think Malik Taylor and Jawan Winfrey are the final two that you're That's looking right. at for those two spots. And if it's me, I'm going with Malik Taylor because I've seen Malik Taylor play on the field and like put out like actual wide receiver production. And I also know that he's really good at special teams. So mm-hmm. if it comes down to for me a tiebreaker there of, I can either keep a guy that know that I know can play wide receiver if necessary, or he can also do really well at special teams. Or I keep the guy that. I know can do really well on special teams, but I'm not as confident in as a wide receiver. That's nothing against Winfrey. That's just, I've seen Taylor do it. So yeah. for me, Taylor's the one that gets the final spot there. Cause I think they keep six. There's just, you, unless there's no way, and they can't keep seven with all of the offensive linemen that they have to keep. I just don't see a way that they can keep seven guys. And I think that if anything, they get the rest of their like special teams contributors from the cornerback room. And we'll talk about the defense here in a minute, but yeah. so it's, for me, it's, Tay, Lazard, Cobb, Rogers, MBS, Malik Taylor. That's the six. And I think EQ has finally run out. Uh, Funches you don't really have a lot of money invested in him, so it's no big deal there. Bailey Gaither, fun name, but just it's too deep of a room. Sorry.
1: Yeah, it is buckle up for the Bailey Gaither folklore tour that is about to happen this next month. I promise you he had some he had an incredible catch, I guess, at a training camp this week, got upended, came down hard um, and hung on to the ball. Real gritty play by him. But Bailey Gaither out of uh, San, San Jose State is going to be one of those folklore guys that Packers fans are going to love to see one on the roster. But unfortunately for him the way this team's trending with having more tight ends, more running backs, uh depth at offensive line and that's just on the offensive side of the ball like it's 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 going to be tough for these guys to make the roster but I like the problem. It's there's a lot of good guys here. Unfortunately, some of the guys at the top end of the of the Depth chart, which is very common, don't play special teams. And the Packers are going to need one of those guys to step up. And I think you're probably right. It probably is Malik Taylor just because he can be effective on special teams and on offense, where Juwan Winfrey, in my opinion, more of a special teamer. Um, If you want to have a special team ace on the roster, that's great. But I feel like they need to contribute elsewhere. So that's going to be an interesting thing. And then the running back spot, we're still trying to figure that out, especially with the injury with uh, Patrick Taylor. He's on the pup, which gives – uh, my boy Dexter Williams a little bit more run which i'm not happy to see and then obviously we've had like we mentioned uh DeGuara Daphne on the pop list that'll be interesting to see what happens but let's get
2: to the defensive side of the ball like hey real quick real go quick. Ahead. when's the no, last go time the, when's the last time green bay kept a guy that was exclusively a special teams ace like Ooh. the like the Jared Jared Bush. 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 Now, when's the last, the last time one. they kept a special teams ace on offense um that's a great question i would say because I'm having trouble thinking of one. I like I thought of Jared Bush, but J- even Jared Bush was a spot corner.
1: Right. Ah, oh, man, I can't think of an offensive dude really offhand, especially like just especially ex- a wide
2: receiver. Because generally, right. like, if they kept a special teams ace, it was like a a full a backup fullback or like a. And that's what I was
1: gonna I was gonna say Danny Vitale, but like he also played offense quite a bit too. Yeah. So it's like yeah. it's not a good example. But yeah, I mean that might right there. That might just tell us enough that they're not gonna keep a guy like Jawan Winfrey. Like that yeah.
2: just might be because the- I went and I looked, and Winfrey has no regular season receptions in his nope. career. Oh. Nope. Meanwhile, Especially Malik Taylor, I'm pretty sure has at least two. T- he has a he has a touchdown, and then did he score a touchdown in the playoffs? Or am I imagining that? Uh, I don't recall. Because I couldn't remember if he. I know he had like one random leak out play where he just caught something that it, it, he ended up. He was wide open on whatever play it was, but. I know he caught at least one touchdown in the regular season. But anyway, let's, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the defensive side. And I was just thinking about it like Green Bay doesn't do the whole gadget guy. They don't keep the, the no. guy that all you can do is special teams. There's a reason everyone's like, oh, we need a Devin Hester guy. Devin Hester was only a returner. There's a reason Green Bay never drafted that guy and never prioritized that guy because they need you to be able to play on two phases of the game. You need to play special teams, but you also need to play offense or defense, whichever side of the ball you're on. So let's go But go, go, ahead and go to defense.
3: If you love listening to us here on the Packaday podcast, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? Let me tell you, there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for their initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: Yeah, so let's, let's get the defense side of the ball. I think it's a little, I mean, there's there's a couple, I think it's a little bit more clear defensively uh, especially right now, like, unfortunately, I believe uh, Zadarius Smith is still on the pup. Uh, Kevin King's on the non-injury list, so that's given Eric Stokes a lot of reps. Uh, the big thing that I saw, though, this last week was obviously uh, Slayton just blowing up that that blocking uh, slide, which was incredible, just throwing it to the side like a rag doll. And outside of that, I believe Ross Uglin talked about it, Andy Herman um, on their Packer Report little five-minute video. Like, he was an absolute monster all week and just— really given fits to the interior of the offensive line for the Packers. And that's a guy that progresses TJ Slayton. He's going to get a lot, a lot of reps because Kenny Clark's not going to take a ton of snaps in preseason. I wouldn't think he'll play his first quarter his couple, his couple series, but Slayton's going to be able to come in and really, really perform. And I think he's a guy to me that can easily leapfrog the, uh, Kinsley Kiki's, the Tyler Lancaster's, Dean Lowry's. Now, I realize those guys play more on the exterior of the defensive line and where T.J. Slayton's more going to be kind of a spell guy for Kenny Clark. But I think it just gives you another opportunity to slide a big body and maybe move Kenny Clark a little bit around instead of having to play nose tackle all the time. Um, so that's going to be something fun to progress. But outside of that, I mean, the other big news, I guess, if it's big, was just like the way they were running with the, the, uh, the linebackers. You had in the middle, I believe it was Barnes, and you had – um, the newly acquired Devondre Campbell, like he was in the middle. And then everything on the exterior was pretty much the same. You had Rayshon, you had Preston. Um, obviously, Zadarius hasn't been able to join them yet. But that's that's kind of what I was imagining was going to happen. Kamal Martin's going to make a case. But I think Oren Burke's days are done. Ty Summers might just be a special teams dude. Ty Summers point. has
2: been a guy that's been making plays. I, that's, I,
1: good.
2: that's I haven't seen a ton. I I'm just... I'm busy. I work a lot, but I try yeah. and pay. I try and pay attention to the Twitter feed, uh, to the Godfather Andy Herman and everybody else in the it just to see what everybody else is saying. And Ty Summers is a guy I've seen that name pop across my timeline quite a few times. I've seen he's had a couple of picks here and there. Obviously, he's a great special teams guy because he's a great athlete, just like Isaiah McDuffie, yeah. uh, who, who I've seen his name a little bit, but not a whole lot. He's on the non-football injury list. There's That's quite a, there's quite a few guys like that. You mentioned Kingsley Kiki, by the way, that's a guy that TJ Slayton could jump Kingsley Kiki, non-football injury list. And you said, obviously Slayton plays more of the interior, just like Kenny Clark does and versus Lowry and Lancaster play kind of the outside. But what I think about when I think about, oh, Slayton plays the interior and so does Kenny Clark. I, I look at where uh, Joe Barry's coming from. Joe Barry is coming from the Rams where they had Aaron Donald, who Aaron Donald is the best defensive player of my lifetime. He's better than JJ Watt he's better than he's better than any other player I've seen and he's done it for just so long mm-hmm. and Aaron Donald did, is a nose tackle primary but he play he can play anywhere and I think you can do that with Kenny Clark 100%. Kenny's, a, Kenny's a little more prototype nose but he's not the 330 he's not Vince Wilford he is a guy that you can shift him up and down the line and get him better matchups and Slayton gives you the ability to move him around because Slayton can play that primary interior so then you can move guys around and that's what we are I think that's what we all kind of want to see. Like I love when I see guys put into one, the best position they can to succeed, but also you're putting them in a spot where they aren't normally at. So the defense isn't as ready for it. If you're telling me I can line up Kenny Clark uh between the left guard and the left tackle, and I can have then Rashawn Gary one on one with a left tackle, that's a move I lo- that's a move I love to see. Because what you're doing is you're now making you're putting your best guys next to each other, which makes life more difficult on the offense than the guys that have to block them. Also, I forgot to mention Zadarius Smith is rushing off your right tackle spot and you have T.J. Slayton, who is going to be in the middle. Just You're going to have to send two guys at him just because he's a handful, because he's so big and so strong and so explosive. So Slayton is a guy. I mean, I've, not, I've never been a Dean Lowry fan. I just haven't. I've never been a huge Lancaster fan. Lancaster's fun but I've never been a huge fan of him. I like Kingsley Kiki because he's super athletic, but he's can't stay healthy and stay on the field at all times. But so I love Slayton. I love seeing that he's playing well this week. I saw uh, in Andy's YouTube video, I believe it was yesterday where he was talking about Slayton blew up a double team. There was a double team block of Simon Stepaniak and I can't remember who the other one was. It was maybe Ben Braden, uh, Jake Hansen. I can't remember off the top of my head. Slayton just pushed him like there was no movement. He just he just walked backwards into the run into the run that was coming his way. So I love seeing that linebackers linebackers are going to be gross. It's just it's how it It is. is. Devontae Campbell's going to make the roster. Isaiah McDuffie. I don't know. Chris Barnes, I think he'll be there. I think Ty Summers makes the roster no matter what, because at minimum special teams guy. Yep. At minimum, he's a special teams guy. So I like that. Uh, So right now, if I'm looking at the linebackers, I'm saying Barnes, Summers, Campbell, are th- those are the three that if I was told, hey, you got to pick three linebackers today. Those are the three I'm like, yep, those guys are making the making the roster at linebacker. And then Z, Gary, Preston. I'm not sure who the fourth edge is going to be because they're going to keep four, right? Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, I would. I, I mean, would definitely hope they do. The thing that messes me up is Devondre Campbell is listed as an outside linebacker, but that's not what he is. He is a interior guy. Correct. Uh so then I guess it's like Randy Ramsey keep a Galea Jonathan Garvin I'm not none of those guys like scream like hey you got to keep me unless like they're making plays and I'm just not seeing it so
1: no I agree with you like you're you're spot on like it's gonna be gross like really and I think that's why they brought in Devondre Campbell just to fill up the the middle and let some of these other guys maybe maybe work themselves into a playing time whether it's the Kamal Martins the Ty Summers but I think right now it's like you said it's they're Everything's pretty much solidified there. There's going to be a couple guys that might not make the team, but really it's the depth. The depth isn't, you know, it's not really that tough at this point. But if you move back to the back of the the secondary, <clears throat> here's kind of where to allude to what you're saying. It's going to be gross. Like They're kind of supplementing that with the Vernon Scotts, the Will Redmonds playing down in the box. And that's what I've been super jacked about this entire offseason since they brought in Joe Barry. Who's going to play that hybrid linebacker position? It was a focal point in the Mike Patton defense, but it's very, very, very important in the Joe Barry defense, whether it be the star position, who's the nickel cornerback, or bringing in that sub linebacker, or sub safety, I should say, to play down in the box. And right now, it's been Will Redmond, a little bit of Adrian Amos, Vernon Scott. I think it's a guy that can make a, a statement, but realistically, there's probably going to be three safeties on the field at all times, unless they're in more of a running situation or they need to play in a, you know, more of a hybrid um, quarters defense, get an extra cornerback out there. But that's kind of what I'm super excited to see, especially this next week is it is realistically family night you're able to see what these guys where they're going to be lined up it seems like adrian amos is probably going to be that guy just based off of his his pedigree and his physicality like he can play down in the box a little bit will redmond i think could do the same thing so could vernon scott but i i love to see adrian amos down in the in the box a little bit more um and you know unfortunately for kevin king like him being on the pup list the non-football injury list like Eric Stokes is able to get out there and ball a little bit. And there's not a lot of Packer fans that are going to support Kevin King. And there's going to be a, a buttload of them that are going to want to support Eric Stokes and see him to be the number two corner. Um, so that's what I'm excited to see. If he, if he can compete for that starting spot, that'd be phenomenal. But right now, these reps are pretty valuable for him to be able to play next to Jair and kind of work his way into this defense.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is
2: The main things I've seen so far this weekend in terms of the corners is Jair is still just the goat. J- Jair is the most confident corner in the world right now, yep. and that and that's including Jalen Ramsey. J- Jair is just the – this guy just oozes all the confidence in the world, and that's what you want out of your number one corner. You want a guy that – is going to go on the field and say, like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if, the, if you're the greatest wide receiver of all time. It doesn't matter if you're Randy Moss. It doesn't matter if you're some seventh-string wideout. Jair is out here to just dog you for four quarters. And I love that. Eric Stokes has been getting picked on by a by Rodgers, though. Yeah, like as he should. Devon, Devontae <laughs> Adams and Rodgers have been going at Stokes and – Stokes is losing some of them, but you're going to have that when you're going up against the greatest wide receiver quarterback duo in the NFL right now. You're going to you're that's just going to happen. Sorry. Sorry about you. Uh, But Stokes is. Yeah, you're right. Kevin King's non-football injury list, but this is okay because Stokes, from what I've seen, is making plays. He's not just he's not been bad. He's just he's making plays and he's showing that he belongs out there. And if Kevin King is now instead of being your second corner, he's your third slash fourth, depending on how you look at Shannon Sullivan, who. Chennon Sullivan's your nickel guy. He just he is. And I think Shannon Sullivan is a very fine nickel player, which in the modern NFL, that's necessary. You have to have a nickel guy that can be out there all the time. And Sullivan can do that. He's not he's not like JC Jackson of the Patriots, where he's just gonna lock down everybody in the in the slot, but he is a very solid nickel. So now you have Kevin King as your three as your three four corner. That's good. That is a that is a good thing. Right? Am I am yeah. I crazy for thinking that? No,
1: you're you're absolutely correct. Like he's a he's a veteran dude that's going to be able to to fill in and like I don't hate them bringing back Kevin King as much as everyone else does. I think he gives you good value. Um, he didn't he got paid a little bit more than some other guys that. Are yeah, equally, he did get a little equal, bit
2: a little bit much for me and equal in
1: caliber, but I just I don't. If you remove. If you remove the Buccaneers game, I feel like it's recency bias that we're thinking he had. I mean, he had an awful game, which is flat out. It was terrible. But
2: Did he have beside, an awful game or did he have one really, really, couple really bad, bad plays. play? Couple did he bad have plays. one? Yeah. And also, I mean, you're, you're kind of ignoring the fact that he, got, he was ref differently than the Bucs were. So.
1: Um, Sean Murphy I, I, Bunting
2: was allowed to grab everybody. Kevin King wasn't <laughs> allowed to be on the field without getting flagged.
1: And I did. Uh, I kind of screwed this up here. Will Redmond is actually not practicing or didn't practice. Yeah, he's anything. yeah he's
2: on the non-football injury list. But I was gonna let it kind of fly. No,
1: I appreciate uh, it. So yeah, Ver, but Vernon Scott, it's given him an opportunity. Like really, like between the three, like Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, and Vernon Scott, and Vernon kind of made some plays last year. I I was pretty skeptical with that last year, but he's he's been able to get his a little bit. Um, I and as far as the Chandon Sullivan thing, I don't know if he's the. Uh, absolute nickelback. I think it's going to be... I think in Mike Patton defense, he was. But now it's like just the way they use that position, that star position for Joe Barry. I think... I don't know who that's going to be. I, ideally, in an, in an ideal world for me, Eric Stokes would be able to play corner. You'd be able to have... Uh Kevin King starting as well and then be able to move Jair down that slot position a little bit more. Um with offenses not... trending towards having their best receiver towards the slot, it would be nice to see Jair in there and move him outside, but I don't think that's where he's best used.
2: Yeah, I have no problem putting Jair in the slot if your number one wide receiver is in the slot. But if like let's I'm gonna use Arizona as an example. If you have DeAndre Hopkins outside and not in the slot, I'm not putting Jair in the slot to guard oh, Christian. He's gonna Kirk. go follow no. him. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm kind of like, eh, I, I agree. I and Jair can play the slot. I know he can do that. We've seen him do it. But I don't want to like lock him in. And obviously, just with the way the defenses work now, there's no there's no guys that really are locked in a certain spots. You have very few players on defense who are slot exclusives. It's just, it doesn't happen a lot. You have like Kenny Moore of the Colts. He is basically a slot exclusive corner. Yep. He's very good at it, but that's basically what he does. Also, oh. I was looking at the Kevin King contract. His deal is not as bad as we thought it was. So what? he's got a $1 million base salary this year. And then he's got four void years on the back end of it. So his deal so he's got a $3 million cap hit next year. Which and it's a void year, and then he's got three years after that that are void years where there's no money on the deal. So it's not as it's not as bad as we thought it was. Like it's still he got more money than I think he probably should have gotten, considering I think the rest of the NFL was down on him. But mm. it's it happens. I'm I'm looking at it here. So Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan, Jair Alexander. Those are the four corners we can agree make the roster, right? Yep. Okay. Who else is making the roster on this team? Not Josh Jackson. I already told you that months ago. Like he's not.
1: I don't think he's making the team. And
2: I know. I hate that because <laughs> I love Josh Jackson. I
1: love. I, it. I love what he was in college. I don't really love how he's been used and been able to get on the field. So well, I. You think, mean a
2: guy that's a press corner being used as a off his own corner is not a good idea?
1: No, it's a terrible idea.
2: Weird. Let's <laughs> go line Preston Smith up at corner and see how that goes, huh? <laughs> I, I so there's I, so I, many guys on this Packer defense, Josh Jackson's the main one in my mind and I think Kevin King to a certain extent that putting them in a Mike Petton defense where they didn't get to play what did what they did best screwed them yep. I think if Kevin King was used as an exclusively press corner for the last, what, four years we're thinking about Kevin King as just a guy that when he was healthy, he was really good, but he wasn't healthy instead, we're looking at Kevin King as this guy that was an inconsistent player, had some flashes here and there, but was super inconsistent and just was also beat up all the time. Right. It's like, let guys do what they do well. Don't try and complicate it. Josh Jackson is a press corner. That's all he was ever going to be. If he developed into his own corner, great, but that's not what he was going to be. He was a press corner and you tried to make him something he wasn't. And you're right. He's probably getting cut and that sucks. Granted, I think that he could make the team as a special teams guy.
1: He could. I think there's a couple of, I mean, Kadar Holman could, uh, Jean Charles could, but it's, it's going to be interesting, man, as we, we get into preseason. I'm like, honestly, I've been so pumped to watch some preseason games with some, to watch some of these younger guys. Cause we really haven't had that. And that, that's what I'm looking forward to most coming up here. Um, two other things to get to quickly uh, presence wise, David already presented Aaron Rodgers with his uh, Ashton Martin uh, golf cart. Very, very nice. Piece offering maybe between the two, and then also he presented uh Adams' Adams's 99 overall uh, gold cleats from Madden. So, David Bakhtiari, uh, while he is not practicing, but he's very, very generous this week. He's given up his jerseys, given away cleats, and he's given away probably, I don't know, five figure golf carts to his uh, his, his favorite buddy, number 12. So, that's that's some lighthearted stuff that's happened, but for what worth, um,
2: the Aston Martin Vantage is 140k. For like a for a car, um, I'm not sure how much the uh, golf cart was, but yeah, it's definitely five. It was a definitely five figure golf cart. I can assure you. Yeah, that was was a very expensive golf cart. Um, by the way, did you see backup punter Kurt Benkert getting some work? I did. I did. So uh, Kurt Benkert apparently has been punting this week and looked decent at it. Mm-hmm. So Kurt Benkert's a lot to make the roster, right?
1: Uh, yeah, at this point, I think he is now that Bortles is gone. Um, that'll be interesting. Like we'll see what they do with him. I think he's really, really grown. He, he loves the city. Like he loves green Bay. He loves everything that's about it. Um, I see stuff about him all the time on my Twitter timeline. And I think the team's really, really enjoying him, especially, uh, I guess the quarterback room and the offense. Um, and we'll see, we'll see. I mean, that was, that was something I wanted to get to quickly, but Ryan Winslow, JK Scott, now we got Kurt Bankard in the in the mix for the, the punting competition and, that's going to be interesting because I think people have lost their lost some tolerability with J.K. Scott, and I think you know, Ryan Winzel's not the greatest, but the competition there is great. Uh, Kurt Benkert, hilarious that he's he's kicking the ball around, but it's I'm, it's going to be a hell of a week. Now I'm, I'm excited to get into like actually watching my Twitter pop, timeline pop with you know different competitions going on, and there was some of that, but it was more. I feel like most of the news which justifiably so was the press conferences Randall Cobb coming in Dennis Kelly um which is fine but let's let the dust settle let's get into how we're going to whittle this roster down because there's a lot of talent as you said top five probably talented team if not higher up on a list but it's going to be a hell of a rest of the preseason as we trend forward so um any final thoughts here Gage as we kind of wrap up
2: uh I just I'm just looking over the depth chart really quick uh one, for those of you that are looking for your cult hero that you want to root for to actually yep. be on the team, I, I know you want to root for Bailey Gaither. Don't. Root for Kurt Benkert. Just do it. It's He's fun. He's fun. He's awesome. His tw- He's a great follow on Twitter. Great he's follow. super interactive on there. Him and his dad both clapped back at a guy last week over clothing, which was hilarious. Um J.J. Molson is on the roster as a kicker. Don't worry, Mason Crosby's the guy. Molson's just there as a camp leg to make sure that Mason doesn't blow his leg out. Take it for what it's worth, Josh Jackson's currently listed as the primary punt returner. That can't be the case. I'm telling you what's listed on the official chart. I know. There's got to be be someone better to return kicks. Probably, but that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, where Josh Jackson might make, like, he's been really rough as a corner, but if he can play special teams as a gunner slash returner, as well as be a spot player at corner... That, is, that can be kind of what it goes to. It's kind of like what we talked about with Malik Taylor and Jawan Winfrey. Josh Jackson might not be the best guy. You're right. But if he's got the versatility to play two phases of the game and it added a slight added effective role on special teams and he can at least play corner, that can beat him out, in my opinion, over a guy like Kedar Hallman, who Kedar Hallman will be 27 next month in September. That's crazy. Hallman's, Hallman's an older guy. And Josh Jackson just turned 25 in April. So he's got two years of youth on him. And then you got a guy like Shamar Jean Charles who I think makes the roster. So, if in my mind, if I'm looking at these corners, I got one, two, three in Alexander King, Sullivan, four Stokes, five Jackson, six Shamar Jean Charles, and there's my there's my six corners. And Kadar Holman on Stanford Samuels and K. B. on Ento are the three that just end up a little bit short here just because of other guys here. So I honestly I think Josh Jackson makes the roster. Just that's me personally, but I don't really have anything else to add to the team at this time. I think that next week will be when we talk when we talk this time next week will be when we get a lot of uh actual meat on the bone to talk about rather than just kind of yeah, this is so everybody's back from summer vacation. Here's kind of what happened. Here's kind of the news dump and we'll have some official information. Hopefully we see some guys get healthy this week. Yeah. Jay Sternberg is back and was playing well. Uh, like you said, Deguara and Daphne, both on the pup. But I think Deguara is the one I'm less concerned about. I think it's just he's still rehabbing from his injury, and that's okay. There's some positions that are going to have a lot of moving and shaking here over the next over the next four weeks or so before the season officially gets underway.
1: Absolutely. So keep listening to pack a day podcast as we trend in the second week of training camp um, to cap off this week. That'll be family night and we'll be able to break that down when we do our episode, which is going to be awesome because I love I love getting to see who's, you know, family night's OK. It's it's a it's a good experience for if you have young kids and you're trying to get out to a, a Packers game because it is expensive to do that. It's a great opportunity to get out there. Always packed. It's unbelievable that they can get enough basically damn near a sellout to watch people Essentially, practice. But I liked watching those and just seeing all the information that pops out of there. But this week's going to be fun. Hopefully, some guys get healthy, like Gage said. But keep listening to Packaday Podcast wherever you listen to it: Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Anchor FM. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, interact with us on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitter at matt underscore fray underscore. That's at m a t t underscore f r a underscore. Obviously, uh, follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Gage, where can everyone else get a hold of you on Twitter and uh, interact with your stuff?
2: As always, you can find me on Twitter, at GBridgefordNFL. That's G-B-R-I-D-G-F-O-R-D-N-F-L. It's pretty easy to find. There's not a lot of Gage Bridgefords in this world. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. So... That makes life a lot easier for you. Uh, You can find my work, as always, on Rotoballer, Denver Stiffs, and Dynasty Nerds. Uh, I've been a little little off on my Dynasty Nerds content this year, uh, but that will be picking up over the next month and then throughout the season. Rotoballer, I've been pumping out steadily more and more content. I think I released three articles this last week, two or or three. Yeah, it was a productive week for me. Uh, In fact, I released one this morning, which would be yesterday, about DK Metcalf. So if you guys are DK Metcalf fans, go check that out. And I'll be putting out more stuff there. Denver Stiffs still. Denver Nuggets work, which will peter off over the next couple of weeks once free agency's over. But for now, still pumping out content there. But it's all on my Twitter as always. Uh, also, Matt, I think you had one more thing to plug, didn't you? Just start a new show or something? New or podcast?
1: No, no, no. That's I I bear, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Final dump. It's a. Uh, Packers obviously podcast that comes out every Friday morning kind of giving you the recap for the week Um, we're trying to make it short concise if you haven't been able to follow the Packers all week and you need something before you head into the weekend whether it's tailgating whether it's on the water cooler at the office when you're you know milking out that Friday uh, talking to family friends be a little bit educated on it's kind of high level but here's what you need to know Um, so you can check that out on the game on Wisconsin Twitter page Uh, it's called Final Dump myself and Brendan Uh, it's a hell of a first episode. I was really, really happy how it went, but thanks for plugging that again, gauge. It's going to be fun. And it's, it's basically, like I said, real short, 20 to 30 minutes. Here's what you need to know before you get into the weekend. And here's as we trend towards, um, actual football week one of the regular season, what you're going to need to look for as far as injuries, as far as matchup stuff. So please check that out there and get a hold of everyone at game on Wisconsin at game on WI on Twitter. Um, but Gage, it was great to connect with you, man. Uh, recap the first week of training camp. I'm excited to get into the second week. Unfortunately, Mike couldn't make it with us, but, uh, definitely tweet at Mike Wentland as well. Um, but follow along the rest of the training camp with, G- uh, Packaday podcasts. And as Mike always says, go Packo go, and please carry the G.